Welcome to the Becoming Body Smart podcast, where we unlock the secrets of sustainable health and fitness and help you master your health habits. If you're tired of quick fixes, generic blueprints, and chasing short-term results, you're in the right place. It's time to become body smart. So we titled this uh, topic today, License to Fail. Now, truth be told, there's a couple different ways that we could give you license to fail. Um, and, and to be okay with failing, but that's not actually the topic this time. Instead, we're talking about how uh, a psychological thing that most people do called licensing um, often leads to failure. And so we want to share a little bit more about what licensing is, where you give yourself license to do something, um, and how that often is one of the ways that we substitute one behavior for another and uh, isn't isn't always that helpful and often sabotages our hard work and, and efforts and how we instead want to focus more on stacking our habits. And so, yeah, let's dive into what is licensing, Mark? Yeah. So I think most people are probably, you know, have someone or maybe you're the person that's like, oh, yeah, well, like... I run so that I can can eat whatever I want, which for some people, right, it, it works. But the problem is, so the idea of licensing is that we end up using a, a positive behavior as license to participate in, in a negative behavior or, or, or something that's beneficial to our health. Um, we license that to do something that's not necessarily beneficial to our health. And so, um, you know, like another example would be, I, you know, I ate really well today and I got enough sleep last night. So now I can stay up super late tonight and eat a ton of crap and, and, you know, get hung over with my friends. And so, well, it's, it's kind of the cheat meal idea, right? So many people are like, I'm going to have a cheat meal or I'm going to, so I eat healthy 90% of the time so I can have this cheat meal Yep. or uh, somebody said, you know, like it's kind of that moderation in all things idea of like, well, as long as you, you know, are, are normally good, then being bad occasionally isn't so bad. It's like, yeah, you know, the, the moderate amount of cocaine or something like that. Like, <laughs> not, not to say that we can't or that we always have to eat 100% healthy and accurate all the time, but, but we can't pretend that that's somehow a healthy behavior either. Right. Does that make sense that? That habit trading or, or, you know, good decision trading is healthy. Well, and I think it really goes back to what what's kind of our mindset in general, right? When our mindset is, I'm just going to try to live generally healthy, and I'm still going to enjoy life, right? I'm going to go out and have fun with my friends. I'm going to eat cheesecake, right? But, but when we set it up in our mind as this gives me excuse to do that, it sets up a poor relationship with those behaviors, yeah. and, and it tends to have bleed-over effects, right? Um, you know, maybe in right. the beginning, I, you know, again, we're going to use the, the run and, and go eat a bunch of crap food. Well, then life gets stressful and, and I have less time to run, but I've already established that behavior of, of eating crap food. And so now my healthy behavior goes on and my unhealthier behavior, you know, stays the same or, or we even increase in that because I'm, I'm stressed. Right. And, and now I rely on that kind of as my, as my go-to way of, of controlling my stress. And so it just, when we, when we frame it that way, psychologically, the, the behavior that moves us away from our goal often will, will 
take up a larger and larger portion of, of our time, right? Again, those bleed over effects. And so I think that's kind of the biggest danger there. So uh, agreed. So are there areas in your life, I, I want to hear from all of you, what are the ways that you kind of trade behaviors like that, where you say, well, because I did this healthy thing, now I can do this maybe unhealthy thing. So we all do it, right, in different areas of our life. What are some of the areas that, that we do it? I would love to hear uh, what, what kind of you guys do or, uh, you know, I, I do this all the time. So Mark brought up uh, when we were talking about this before, he was like, it's like taking a nap and then being like, well, I can stay out late and not get as much sleep because I take a nap. And I totally do that with sleep all the time. I justify why I can go with less sleep. Well, I had a really good night's sleep last night. So tonight I'm going to stay up late and finish whatever project or whatever. Right. So instead of, rolling with that and having several successive nights of good sleep <laughs> because I got one good night of sleep. I'm like, woohoo, now I can totally bomb it. <laughs> Does that make sense? So do you guys have any habits like that, that, that you are now realizing like, Oh yeah, I kind of do that. I, I do kind of, you know, well, because I exercise today or, or whatever then, or, well, or I, I went extra long yesterday. So, that means that I don't have to go today on my workout or, or whatever that is. Uh, I would love to hear kind of your guys' examples or, or things that you have questions about um, with that. Uh, yeah, feel free to drop that in the chat. Always interesting to hear kind of the, the things that people do. Well, so, um, oh, oh, go ahead. So another thing with this, and, and this kind of goes to the second point, is that um, – it doesn't always matter the impact of that kind of positive behavior. Um, like we can just still use that as, as that trigger to do the thing that's that's kind of more towards the negative end. What I mean by that is like maybe something that's healthier, but it, it only has like a 1% effect on our health, right? It can be a good thing, but we're like, oh, I did that good thing. And now I participate in a behavior that maybe moves me in the opposite direction, 5% or 10%, right? And so let's say that we're doing a bunch of 1% things that move our health. And, and we're like, oh, look, I'm doing a lot of these healthy things, right? I'm doing one, two, three, four. I'm like doing 10 of these healthy things. This is amazing. And then, you know, so if I, if I do a couple of these other things, that's, that's not a big deal. Even though those other things have a big impact, right? Like, oh, well, you know, I, I, I did these things today. And you know what? I, again, I'll stay up late. Like sleep isn't that big of a deal or, or whatever the thing is. And so... Like, it's just this neat psychological, like, it's cool how our brains do that, right? They, they figure out those loopholes. But but the psychological trick to convince us that our, our healthier behaviors are having a bigger impact than they are, and, and it also diminishes in our mind the effect of those negative behaviors. And so we start to make changes to our lifestyle, and we don't even recognize the shift that's happening because our mind, you know, we're like, oh, I'm doing all this positive. Does that make sense? Yes. Oh, totally. So I remember having this debate with my mom one time about the lettuce, tomato, and onion on a hamburger. If that in any way, shape, or form counts as having vegetables, when you're eating that with a like burger, fries, and a shake, like the the positive effect of the tomato, lettuce, and onion 
is in no way counteracting or balancing out the the unhealthiness of the other things, right? It's not that it's bad. It's just, it, but but to think, well, at least it has some vegetables in it, is not really an accurate reflection of of the amount of health benefit you get out of the one piece of lettuce and tomato and onion on your hamburger. Does that make sense? So often we trick ourselves into thinking that something's healthier than it is, um, because it there's a little bit of good in it, like. Uh, I know uh, there was one, and maybe I won't name it by name, there was one soup brand that makes like ravioli and, and whatever that was saying that it has two servings of vegetable per can or whatever. Um, it's like there is no, that, that does not count as a serving of vegetable. There is no, nothing that looks like a vegetable in that can anymore, right? It's been blended and pureed into oblivion that does not count as eating a vegetable. It's not the same thing. And so we often will substitute like our behaviors that way. Yeah. And think that we're, we're doing something healthy when it really isn't because the thing we're substituting it with is overwhelmingly more unhealthy than the healthy behavior, I guess. Yeah. And, and really this goes back to the title of, of this call license to fail when we kind of adopt these patterns, that's exactly what we're doing, right? We're giving ourselves license to fail. And so the reason this is so important is because when we're trying to make changes to, to health and fitness, um, like our body likes to maintain the status quo. And so, um, you know, you can kind of look at, at those, those, some of those lifestyle behaviors that aren't as healthy as, as anchors, right? Or, or as putting your foot on the brake. Right, so we're we're basically putting our foot on the gas and the brake at the same time with this with this licensing habit, right, of of the healthy behavior yeah. and and the unhealthy behavior, and so we might That's still a make great some, analogy. And so we might still make some forward forward progress, but it's just it's going to be a lot more difficult. You know, you think with the car more wear and tear on the whole system, and and so if we can remove some of that resistance, then it, it helps us to move forward at a, at a quicker rate, um, and and. This explains some of the frustration that people end up having in a health and fitness journey is, you know, they're like, oh, man, I'm like, I'm doing all these things, right? Like I've, I've tried to dial in my sleep. I've tried to do, you know, I've tried to eat healthier and, you know, I, I'm trying to move more and like nothing's changing. The weight on the scale is still the same. I just, I don't feel great. Like I just, I guess this just doesn't work. And so when you take a step back and look at like, Great, great to do those healthy things, right? But are there things that are standing in the way, right? Are there things that are resisting the, the healthy changes that make it more difficult to implement or that counteract the effects of the healthy thing? And so that's why this is so important is because all of us at different times are going to run into frustration in, in, our, in our health and fitness journey. And, and if we can just identify some of those things in our behavior and our choices, some of those things that are our environment that are getting in our way, and we can just take those out, then it exponentiates what we're doing with all of those positive, healthy behaviors. And so I think that's kind of the, the crux of the issue is, is can we do some things to get out of, of our own way and make our health and fitness decisions more successful? A hundred percent, Mark. So in the end, it comes back to that, that 
dirty little word that we say all the time that is the most important factor, which is consistency, right? Consistency really is the shortcut, the key, the what, you know, fill in the blank positive, you know, benefit of being consistent with something. And so a lot of those kind of substituting behaviors, those, you know, giving yourself license to, to do something because you did one positive behavior so you can do a negative, they just cancel each other out. Instead, we want a habit stack where we want to take the one healthy thing we do and stack it with another healthy thing so that it can grow and we can become consistent in stacking those habits. And now those things can grow into momentum. We always use that analogy of, of building a, a snowman, right, uh, or rolling a rock. Once you get it rolling, it's it's not so bad. But if it comes to a stop, if it comes to a halt, it takes a lot more energy to get that thing moving again. And that's kind of what those things do is they, they grind that to a halt a bit more. Um, whereas if we can stack those habits, it really starts to build momentum. And that's what we want to do is have that momentum be able to help us. And so let's talk a bit more um, about then what to do about this if we find that's our pattern. Let's talk about stacking those habits so we can, can see success. And the idea there with stacking your habits is, is saying, okay, let's take the momentum of that and, and build upon it. So if I can, can get a good night's sleep, instead of saying the next night, well, now I can stay up late because I got a good night's sleep last night. What if I can now focus, once I'm consistently getting good night's sleep, what if I can focus on the quality of my sleep now and, and really build upon that so I'm getting even more refreshing and restful sleep instead of kind of sabotaging that habit by saying, well, because I did it well for a couple of nights, now I can stay up late. What if we instead build on that habit and, and refine it and make it even more powerful? Like that is where we really start to see success. That's why success with weight loss or with fitness improvement takes so long for sustainable change to happen is we have to build enough of those successful habits together to really see it grow, to see that momentum actually make the snowball get bigger. Yeah. Well, the nice thing about stacking habits, right, and, and using that momentum that we've already got is that it's just like the energy is already there. And so we don't have to rely so much on the power of motivation. We've talked about this many times on yeah. before, yeah. but motivation is, is an exhaustible resource. And if like, if we just have to rely on that all the time, we're going to fail, right? We might be really successful for a bit. And this is what we see every year with, with like gym memberships or people buy themselves exercise equipment is like, yeah, I'm motivated. Like, I, you know, there, there really is an effect of this kind of, uh, you know, a new year or a new month or, or right. Like this kind of starting over. And, and so people get really amped up and they have this wellspring of motivation and that lasts maybe through mid February. And then all of a sudden the gyms are empty. Yes. All of a sudden the Peloton is now an extra rack for your clothes. Right. And it's because, uh, you know, people end up relying on motivation alone. And motivation isn't a bad thing, right? Like, it's great to take use of. And when you have high motivation, that's a great time to implement uh, changes in your environment and to try to shift things into habit so that when that inevitably dips, you already have things set up in a way that makes it easier to make the healthiest choice. 
And so again, mm -hmm. going back to, to, to habits, as we talked about, again, all the habits are interconnected, or all the, all the lifestyle patterns that we talk about, they're all interconnected. You get better sleep, you're gonna do better at handling stress. You're gonna have to be more energized for your exercise. You move more and you're gonna sleep better typically, right? We eat better and then that fuels better exercise. That helps us to sleep better at night. That helps us to focus more and get done in our day so that there's less stress, right? Like they all have interacting mm -hmm. effects. And so even patterns in different areas, right? Like, okay, well, I, you know, I'm actually doing pretty good at, at sleep quantity and quality. You know, what if I just add a pre, you know, I already have my bedtime routine to get me ready. What if I just add, you know, a breathing exercise or I journal for 15 minutes, right? And so I get a better hold on my stress. And so you're just linking to that to something mm. that you've already done and, and it can help you be successful, like, like looking at, at any of the patterns, right? Um, you know, okay, like I, I've got my exercise habit down. Uh, you know, before I go out and run, I'm just gonna eat an extra serving of, of fruit. Or if you're someone that like, hey, before I exercise, that kind of makes my tummy, my, my tummy blow up do something after right as soon as i finish you know i usually have my post-workout shake um i'm gonna eat an apple too or something like that and so again it's it's identifying behaviors that you do consistently right the habits that are in place that are they're healthy and then just amplifying the power of those and then just it, it makes it so much easier to add that new habit there because we've already got the momentum of 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 the habit there um right one, yeah it's just stacking those things together yeah Right. It's just stacking those habits. Yeah. Yeah. One other thing um, that can be, be helpful is, um, again, because we, we, we don't want to vilify uh, things that are less healthy, right? Like eating a giant cheesecake, right? Or, or, or what are those things? It's just, well, can I, can I look at the habits I have? And then can I maybe rearrange things to allow me to engage in that? But but so that it doesn't end up, you know, shortcutting my progress or, or sabotage what I'm doing. So uh, a great example of this is last week um, I was I knew on two separate nights I, I, or I was going out to dinner one night and then out to lunch um, the next night. And like, I knew that the places I, I was going to go were just going to be a, a bigger calorie bomb. And so I just ate like a small breakfast a small lunch and then had a bunch of room for dinner. And then the next morning, like I ate a small breakfast again, big lunch, and then very, very small dinner. And so it allowed me to still engage in the thing that I wanted to do while trying to stay within um, kind of a my general goal of, of where I want to be calorie wise. Um, and, and, and it can be a ton of different things, right? It's like, okay, I know that I'm going to stay up later tonight. Um, so Maybe I'm going to, can I move my schedule the next day a little bit? Can I maybe get a nap in and then just really focus on getting quality sleep on the night before and then the night after that I'm going to stay up late? Or maybe I can sleep in a little bit the next morning because I rearranged my schedule. And so I still get the same quantity of sleep. It's just shifted a little bit, right? There's lots of ways that, that we can right. kind of rearrange our schedule or rearrange what we're doing in the short term to allow for just enjoying life and, and doing those things and not having so much stress like, oh, did I do the wrong thing for my health today? Um, you know, kind of give ourselves some buffer room, but that just takes stepping back and, and making decisions about what we're going to do instead of just reactions in the moment. And like, oh, I guess I just, I guess this is just a terrible day, right? Right. Does that make right. Well, I, I think your point earlier really speaks to that. 
that it, so much of it has to do with our mindset and, and kind of the, the narrative that we're telling ourselves about the decisions that we're making. Is this a concrete decision that we're making or are we looking to justify what we did? I think a lot of the time when we substitute that way, when we, when we are, are licensing those things, oh, I give myself license to do this because of that, a lot of that is just the psychology behind trying to justify our choices after the fact, right? And, and instead of saying, this is my plan to do it this way, yes, this is less healthy, but it's because, you know, it's part of my plan and these are the ways that I'm going to adjust for that. So as long as we're doing it with the mentality of like, yeah, I still want to eat that cheesecake and that's fine, but it's less healthy, so I'm going to adjust in these ways. It's it, just the mindset with which you do it makes a huge difference in kind of the psychology of it, the, the uh, I guess, the, the way in which it's a sustainable behavior versus something that we're doing just in the heat of the moment that, that's going to lead toward uh, potential future problems. I think a great way to think of it is like when they do, when they earthquake-proof buildings, first they've built a really solid foundation, right? The structure is in place. Mm. But if they build it too rigidly, then when the earthquake comes and there's sway and there's movement, that rigidity breaks down and the structure fails. But if they build that really strong foundation and then they have you know, those different structural systems in place to allow the moving to, to sway and, and shift back and forth, if they hadn't have had that anyway, like whether you build it too rigid or you don't build that foundation at all, when the when the earthquake comes, the building falls. But when you have that strong foundation and then you build in the flexibility, then you can can sway and move with the earthquake and things are relatively okay, right? There might be some some things to do after that earthquake, but the structure stays solid. And so I think the same way with our lifestyle plan is we have the general framework, right? This is the foundation of healthy behaviors that, that I want to do and this is the type of lifestyle that I want to lead. And then, like, having flexibility within that, like, no, I can never eat this, or, oh, I have to exercise this many minutes, right? That, that basically guarantees that when stresses come, we're going to fall apart. But again, if we don't have any of those lifestyle behaviors and life stressors come, then we're just kind of, it's, it's kind of chaos. But again, structure and then flexibility within that structure allows us to live that healthy lifestyle, allows us to be active, allows us to feel good, um, to move well. Um, but then still have the flexibility to enjoy life and to participate in life on our terms. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I like that analogy of, of the flexible building, right? So I just looked up really quick, because uh, I've heard this before, that in, in the wind or you know during weather, a skyscraper can sway. Hmm. So... In sustained 100-mile-an-hour winds, when they have big, big storms blow in from the coast in New York City, buildings over 1,000 feet can actually sway as much as two feet. <laughs> That's crazy, that crazy, right? That a, a, a building can move up to two feet of sway, but they design them to be able to do that without the structure falling apart, without the glass breaking, things like that. They're designed to be able to do that, and I think that's, we always talk about the pyramid analogy of if you have a good base, then you know you can build a taller pyramid, or you have to do the things at the bottom of the pyramid before you care about the stuff at the top. And I think this is another good analogy of like 
if you build the building right, you can have a little bit of sway and it still stays uh, solid. But we often don't have that solid foundation and, and, and then the sway of life can disrupt that. And so that's the key is building those habits and stacking those habits so you have that solid foundation. Sweet, I've got to go into this meeting. Um, yeah, thanks everybody for hopping on the call. And uh, I'm signing out. Mark, you can keep going if you want to. I'll see you bright and early on Monday. <laughs> thanks for listening to the Becoming Body Smart podcast. If you have questions, thoughts, or want to continue the conversation, reach out to us on our socials or join our community. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It helps us bring you even more valuable content. Remember, sustainable health is a lifelong journey, and we're here to support you every step of the way. Live longer, live stronger, and become body smart.